0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.
1: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is how to be smarter than Einstein. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo.
0: to stop by to talk to you about the importance of little things. Little, tiny things that most people wouldn't notice, but you notice it. Now, children and adult children, like Albert Einstein, ask questions. Why this? Why do do leaves swirl around? when it's on a windy day all of a sudden leaves are swirling around and sometimes when you don't even feel any any breeze you see leaves swirling around why is that or why does the water always swirl when it goes down the drain in the bathtub why does it always swirl why doesn't it just go over the edge like a waterfall goes over the edge why children ask those questions and parents usually give them not so good of an answer. But you know what? The parents should give an answer if, if they can. And the answer might be, I don't know. That's a good answer. I don't know. I'll try to find out. Or I just don't know. But then when you go to try to find out, you find out that you can, you can gather clues. But nobody really knows for sure. But there are clues. And you can put the clues together. And then you might see for yourself. See, that's the best thing for, for for the child. You give a little a little answer. And you don't pretend that it's the ultimate answer. You just give a sort of an answer and it it's it's a pointing in a direction. And then the child maybe will try to find out for himself or herself. And it's a discovery process. And sometimes it remains a question for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you see the answer. So, these kind of questions are very important. And then finding the answer, but waiting. And gathering clues, and then seeing the answer. See, I've reached a point, for example, in my my physics studies. I don't like to call them studies. Let me tell you a little bit about it. You might have some interest in it. Several years ago maybe maybe it was 10 or 12 years ago, I was writing a book about um, Albert Einstein and about um, St. Augustine, and it involved some physics. And as I was writing the book, I said some very nice things. But at the same time, I discovered that I was a bit rusty when it came to trigonometry and very rusty or not even... Having really learned it in the first place in calculus, so I began to do math every day, for months and months, and for years actually. I did math every day, every morning. I would do some trigonometry problems, and then I added to it calculus. Then I started to do calculus problems, and this went on for a few years. And then, and at the same time, I studied physics more and more and more, more and more and more. So now, I'm pretty good at calculus, pretty good at trigonometry, pretty good at algebra, and pre-algebra, and pre-calculus. And not only that, but I've also done a lot of physics studies. I have a lot of vocabulary. I have the jargon. And I've gathered a lot of clues. But at a certain point, when you're trying to understand something, you reach a point where you ask why, and nobody can tell you why. So you look for clues. So, let's take something very simple, like, um, why is iron attracted to a magnet? Why? Well, you discover that it's because iron has unpaired electrons, and then when they line up, they line up with the, the same orientation as in the magnet, and then you have attraction. But that still doesn't answer the question, why? 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 Okay, so you line them up and then why is that why does that attract? See? So the next clue that you have to see is that when when you're talking about iron being attracted to a magnet, what you're really talking about is the magnet induces a magnetic field in the iron, and then the fields interact. So it's actually the fields. So it's the fields. You, you see, well, that's a very important clue. This morning I was, I was once again looking at the question: Why do leaves swirl around? Why do they make little dirt devils? And why, why a hurricane? And why, and and why is the center still? Questions like that. I was looking at them again, but I was looking at leaves swirling around, and somebody said, "Well, when you're looking at leaves swirling around, what you're looking at." is the flow of air. See, it's the field. It's the field of air that is moving the leaf. So so that's what you're looking at. You're looking at vectors in the air, a field. So that's very important. And then another clue that I read this morning and I read yesterday, it said the visible is made by the invisible. That which is seen is made by that which is not seen. So when you see swirling leaves, what you're really looking at is the invisible air, eddies and currents. Isn't that amazing? So, these are little things that you notice. So, one of the secrets to life is to keep noticing those little things. Now, when you get close to your intuition, like someone like Albert Einstein did, for example, do you know that you can actually get closer? And you should be. You should actually be closer to your intuition than Albert Einstein was. You should. See, Albert Einstein, he kept asking why, and he wouldn't take mealy-mouthed answers, and he wanted to see for himself, and he had an interest in some things, and he had a, a carefree, independent spirit, and he didn't do very well in school because of that. He didn't, but there was one teacher that hated him. He hated Albert Einstein because Albert Einstein sat at the back of the classroom with with a kind of a smirk on his face, you know, like Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine, kind of like, what, me worry? The teacher hated him. But you know what? Many, many years later, after Albert Einstein had discovered the theory of relativity and won the Nobel Prize and everything, the teacher said, you know what? He's a pretty smart guy. had to admit it. So, Where was I going with all this? Oh, yeah, so he was close to his intuition. See, first he intuited something. He knew something. They said he was unbudgeable. There was a nice man who wrote a biography of Albert Einstein. Pais, I think his name is. He was actually an associate of Albert Einstein. He wrote a very nice biography. He said that they said about Einstein that he was unbudgeable. So that's a made-up word. You know what budge means, to, to nudge something. He was unbudgeable. He saw what he saw, what I said last week on the, on the radio program. He saw what he saw, and he knew what he knew, and nobody was going to convince him otherwise. So he just knew that something was true. He just knew it, and he didn't doubt it. And then he would do the math, and then years later, it would be confirmed. The experiments would confirm that what he said was, was correct. But anyway, he was very close to his intuition. And that's the way you you have to be even closer than that. Why? Because that's the way a human being is supposed to be. We were meant to move intuitively, to realize things, to see things, to to have wisdom and understanding. What, what do you think people like Isaiah and Jeremiah and people like that, they were close to their intuition. They're so close that they were said to walk with God or that they were a friend of God. They were very close to that intuition. That's how he communicates. That's how God communicates with us, wordlessly, intuitively. And then, see things. So things on the outside they only confirm what you already know. Or perhaps the words of someone else might wake you up to see something. Like when I'm listening to the radio, I often listen to the Christian radio. Ninety-nine percent of it goes in one ear and out the other. I do like it, though, when, when they do sometimes quote scripture verses. That I like. Because there, all of a sudden, there's a scripture verse, and I see it. I see a deeper meaning in it, deep meaning that I didn't see before. Then maybe a couple of years later, I'll see it again, even deeper. So you see, it's like a clue. But how do I, why do I know? So there's the little thing again. Do you, do you see what I mean? So why do I notice such little things? And why does suddenly some little thing awaken me and then I see, see, it's it's my intuition. Because not only does intuition help you to know wordlessly, to realize, to see, to, to say aha, have the aha moment, but it also del- delicately not just makes something interesting to you. All of a sudden, something is interesting to you, or you take note of something, it causes you to take note of it. I remember years ago, all of a sudden I heard what Christ had said. He said, all who sin are slaves. And something made me notice that. All who sin are slaves. And then I thought about it, and I wrote about it, and I pondered it, and it was in the back ground of my thinking from time to time, every day or many days, as something very, very nice. And then I went out into the world, and I saw it over and over again. I saw people who were in dysfunctional relationships and codependent, and I saw addictions, and I saw compulsions. And I saw governments enslaving people, and people enslaved by by hypnosis, and enslaved by their emotions. and, And... over and over again, I saw it more deeply, more aspects, more facets of it. But it was just a little thing. This magic, very small magic thing is, is so important, like the center of a circle. At the periphery of the circle, or the sphere, or at the periphery of the, of the hurricane, or at the periphery of the, of the wheel, or of your tire when it's spinning, the movement is very fast you get closer and closer to center, it's slow and slower. And then at the very absolutely perfect center, there is no motion. The motion that you see around the circle, going round and round, where up becomes down and down becomes up, it, it, the magic is at that center. It's like a teeter-totter. One side goes up, the other side goes down. And there's a magic point in the middle of the peter-totter, a perfect magic point where there's no movement. But from that no movement, it makes possible. See? So, this is very, I don't want to say mysterious, it's it's magical, the magic of the very small. The magic of the very small. Swedenborg said that. He said that when you look at things, you know, you look at something and then you look at it close, more closely and then you look at it under a microscope and then you look at it under an electron microscope, the smaller it gets, the more beauty there is in its, in its form and its shape and what's going on. The deeper you delve into it, the more there is.
1: It's just fantastic. Just like delving into God's wonderful creation, you can delve into our website and discover many wonderful resources. Visit our website at SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us.
0: So, you have to see that God has made all of these wonderful things, but in order to see them, you need to be close to your intuition. And that's really that's my message. Yeah, you got to give up resentment. Because what does resentment do? It fixates you to the wrong thing. You look at another person, but instead of seeing them with understanding, you see them with hate. Re- resentment. Judgment. That's a judgment. See, it's a terrible thing. When we play God. See, instead of, wanting to, instead of wanting to know God, instead of being content to live in his wonderful, I was going to say playground, it is. It's like wonderful. It's, it's a gazillion times greater than Disneyland and Disney World and, and Marine World. And it's, it's a, a gazillion times more fantastic than any super Hollywood movie or anything. And each little tiny part of it is just amazing. And so, anyway, so yeah, you got to stop resenting other people. Stop resenting your wife and your husband and your brother and your neighbor and other people. Stop it. Okay, and and sp- spend some time discovering and being close to your intuition is is the secret is the secret. It might help wake you up to see that you need to be close to your intuition. You need to meditate, you need to be still, you need to have a spirit of, of inquiry and rekindle that desire to to know thing, to like, rekindle that desire that you had when you were a little kid, to know and to ask questions, why, why, why? That's what makes life beautiful. Einstein was close to his intuition. First he intuited, he realized something, or he noticed something, and and he had a sense of something. Then he did his thought experiments, then he did the math, and so on, and then later experiments confirmed what he knew in his heart from the beginning. He just sort of knew. Now, was he... Did he make some mistakes? He did. But if he had been closer to his even closer to his intuition, then he wouldn't have made any mistakes. But the point I'm making is you need to be close to your intuition. Anybody that's ever done anything, whether it's a, an FW Woolworth, a J.C. Penny, a Stephen Jobs creating Apple, whether it's an Albert Einstein or a Madame Curie or a Christopher Columbus or someone who honored the principles like a George Washington, for example. These people were so close to their intuition that they just knew what was true or what was right or they strongly suspected it and they wouldn't let go of that. And what, what do we call that? We call it faith. We also call it self-confidence. That's what you need. Now, what's your problem? When I say you're, I mean the average person. You're not close to your intuition at all. You're far from it. Another word for intuition is conscience. Another way of saying is what you know in your heart. Another way of saying is what you see. What you realize independently of anything else. But your problem is... Again, when I say you, I'm talking to ninety-nine point nine percent of people. Yeah, you have some intuition, but you 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 doubt it. You disregard it. You ignore it. How many times have you? I don't even have to tell you. You've made a lot of mistakes, haven't you? And afterwards, you could kick yourself. You say, why? You had a hunch. You you got involved with some with some guy, but you had a hunch. Maybe your friends tried to warn you. They said, the guy's no good. But you didn't listen to your intuition. your hunch. Instead, what did you do? Why, you went with your emotions. But anyway, you need self-confidence. You need faith. You need an independent way of realizing and knowing and following that. Like a Christopher Columbus or George Washington. Like an explorer. A scientist. And you see the result of when. So what happens then? When you when you don't follow your intuition, then you then you have to look for some sort of guidance, don't you? Then where do you look? You look to other people. They themselves have lost their intuition. They spend too much time in school, too much time studying, and then they become ambitious. So it's like the blind leading the blind. You have to have the original view now if somebody else said something that happens to be true then you you also have to see it for yourself they say it and you're you're not sure you wait until you see for yourself that's the key and anybody that's ever done anything they follow what they what they know in their heart regardless of what other people say
1: You're listening to How To Be Smarter Than Einstein. Watch the entire talk at our YouTube channel. Find it at SheddingShackles.com. That's SheddingShackles.com. You have to follow
0: what you know in your heart. Stephen Jobs told us that in his, remember his famous, famous speech that he gave to the graduating class at Stanford. You've got to, read that speech, it's not very long, or listen to it. He tells you, follow what you know in your heart, he tells you, not following procedures and protocols and policies and rules and, and what it says in your textbook. Yeah, maybe what you say in, in your textbook is, is right, and maybe it's not. You have to see it for yourself. Now, how do I use information? How do I use the Bible? How do I use spiritual writings? How do I use a textbook, a physics textbook or a math textbook? Okay, the math or physics textbook will give me some basics. Then they become like, like um, what what's the word I want to use? Like little pieces that I can use then to, to to talk. Like if you want to talk to people, you have to have some vocabulary. Okay, so I have some little math and some physics and science vocabulary and then some some religious vocabulary. But then how do they come together? From my intuition, from the inner light, from God. Just like a plant uses uh, some a little minerals and things from the soil. But where does the plant really get, get its inspiration? And its life, and its love. Where does it get it? From the sun. All right, so from my intuition, from the inner light, from God. I get... All of a sudden one day I just noticed something I just noticed everything seems to form spirals and circles revolving if i drop some some drops of cold cream into my hot coffee on the top of on the surface of of the of the coffee you have swirls spiraling swirls like a galaxy you look at look at the milky way galaxy look at the swirl swirl on the top of your of your coffee why see so i notice these little things then time goes by and one day i see oh i see so now that's where you have to be now i said yesterday and here's where i want to follow up with this I said, "You you have to be closer to your intuition than Einstein. The things that Einstein realized, you can realize much more. That's right. Much more. You can you can realize in a in a flash. What takes the scientists of the world and the theologians of the world and and the common wisdom of the world it takes them." centuries. You can realize it in a flash. Now, why do you need that? Now, this is the point I wanted to make. That's why I'm making this follow-up video here. Because this is important. You need your intuition. You need to locate it. You need to pay attention to it. You need to follow it. Because you need it to live. You need it for life. You need it in those delicate moments with your partner and your kids. When your child comes to you with something or your partner comes to you with something, sometimes everything depends on what you say or do. In in that moment, if you mess it up, how many of you can remember where, you're, where someone said something to you they shouldn't have said? They said it, and you've never forgotten it. How many times did you go to someone looking for understanding, especially when you were a kid, and all they gave you was some, they brushed you off, or they, they told you something that they had been told, or something they read somewhere? There was no love in it. There was no life in it. It has to be spontaneous. You have to be divinely inspired in the moment, so that you don't mess up your life, and don't mess up your relationship with your with your kids and with your with your partner, with anybody. You need to know. You need to have that. You need to have wisdom, understanding, insight. There comes a time in life when you have to have that wisdom. When the, when your child is there or your partner is there, you have to know what to say in the moment. It has to be perfect. It has to have the right timing. It has to be the right thing. It has to have the right energy. And it has to be perfect. And for that, there's only one place that you can get that perfect answer. It's from your intuition. It's from God. It's from the inner light. And, you know, they come to you and you don't know what to say. But you want to say the right thing. That's important. You want to want to want to say the right thing or do the right thing. And you have some sort of a love for the person. And you make that more important than your own ego. And if the right thing is to say, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. If that's the right thing, then you say it. I did you wrong. When you were a kid, I did you wrong. I'm sorry. You say it. But if you have a big ego and you want to preserve your pride, it won't work. But if you really, really want to do the right thing, and then you also see, you see in, God, in the light that you don't know. Then you just wait. And then, with that pure intent, you want to do the right thing, but you, you see that you don't know what it is, then you wait and wait, and then maybe something comes to you a word, a gesture, you say it, and it's perfect. Or maybe nothing comes to you, and then nothing needs to be said. So, now you understand why you need intuition. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
1: Listen to Roland anytime by going to SheddingShackles.com
0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.